get busy. Oh, yeah. Earlier on, we got this text through, and I, I don't like. I don't want to embroil this particular podcast in this particular issue right now, but it would be remiss of me not to read it out because I think it opens up an interesting issue for New Zealanders, particularly mouse. Hi, fellas. I knew a guy with a nickname Bubbles, who was always fire trucking, predominantly with ladies of the night. Stay golden. Says this text. Stay, stay golden, Bubbles. Stay golden. I've got a. Um, it's a coincidence because I had a friend growing up called Bubbles, and he was a great guy. My friend's got a cat called Bubbles, and before this text came in saying um, about Bubbles, hey fellas, I knew a guy with the name Bubbles. I was suggesting that um, Jeremy here, new addition to our show, Mister Pickford. I was saying that maybe we should call him Bubbles. Remember, I said that. Yeah, you did. I said Bubbles. That's Bubbles, a coincidence. Bubbles. Bubbles suits you. It really reminds me of Michael Jackson's monkey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, that's okay. That's good. Okay, just pointing that out. Oh, just yeah, Bubbles. Of bubbles, course. yeah. Bubbles the chimp. He lived for a while, actually, after Michael Jackson had him. Um, yeah, he used to wear nappies, didn't he? Michael Jackson? Mm, and Mike, Mike Jackson did wear nappies. Michael Jackson wore nappies and Bubbles. Michael oh, Jackson in the so last nappies? years was quite sad, actually. So he mainly slept because he was given that proper or whatever it's called, mm. by his doctor. And uh, he had a catheter. Well, he wouldn't because, have been fire trucking, would he? Yeah, he had a catheter because it was because he used to sleep for so long that he would normally do wheeze in his bed. He's also running a rug. Quite sad, the whole situation. Have you seen that document? What is it? This is it. The documentary, uh, yeah, yeah, right near the end, and he could still kind of sing quite well. Oh, shut you, considering no, amazing. Considering a couple of days later, he was, yeah. No, no, his, that was. I, I found that documentary really interesting. This is it because you, what you realised was how much of an amazing musician he was. Because he was the the things that he was getting the band to do when they were going through the rehearsals, clearly absolutely off his nut mm. on drugs, up down whatever the hell he was doing at the time. Um, but his little his detail of how he wanted it to sound was so intense, and the way that he would explain. To the musicians, how it needed to be. Like I was listening, to it, I thought that sounds exactly like it does in the album. But he was like, "Nah, it's not quite right. I need it to be a bit more." And he'd be making like the sounds that he needed to be made. I it was quite remarkable. I'd love to see the guitarist that just goes to him, "Nah, man, nah, there is no way I'm going to play it like that, Michael." Yeah, Michael fucking Jackson. Yeah. I love um Quincy Jones talking about how Michael Jackson used to write songs. Like Michael Jackson came in to write Billy, um, you know, what is it, Billy Jean, Benny Jean. And this is how Michael Jackson wrote it. He went, I want a song that goes boom 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 Wow. Yeah. And Quincy Jones goes, Yeah, we can do that for you. But uh Quincy Jones said the start of that song, because how does it start it goes that and then starts with the drums. Yeah. Yeah, that um yeah, Quincy Jones they had an argument because Quincy Jones didn't want the bat. But but to come in that early, but oh. uh, but 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 Michael Jackson wanted it to come in later, and and then the interviewer said, "So who won those arguments?" He goes, "Oh, always me, yeah, always me." <laughs> so did Michael Jackson play instruments? No, uh, he played no instruments. No, but he's amazing. But there's something else going on there. There's a musical, yeah, bit going through his body, which is something kind of different. Yeah, because it was it was a good idea to say I want a song that goes bum 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 yeah. bum 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 bum. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Prince. 
Played every instrument. Played every instrument in the world and was an insanely good music and incredible at every instrument and had that same kind of musicality. Yeah, that was, I saw some, something the other day and it was a session, one of the most famous session bass players in the world, I can't remember his name, but he would say it was really frustrating because you, you your whole life you'd been the best bass player in the room and then Prince is doing something else with another <laughs> instrument and then you'd play it and he'll come over and go, oh no, and then just play it so much better than you could ever play it. And it was like, he was just playing like a... He was just playing a flute over in the corner. He, you know, he was playing the drums. He was better. He was a better musician at every instrument than anyone else. Yeah, but how could that be? Because I wondered about that. Because to get to be an amazing musician, don't you have to spend huge amounts of time with your instruments or playing your instruments? I just assume, or do some people just have some kind of thing? We see the same thing in maybe like national cricketers, and you'll see those guys that just don't look at Jesse Ryder, for instance. Didn't really put the practice in, but when he was on, he came out and he was absolutely on. And then you got someone like Kane Williamson. Admittedly, his record is far superior to Jesse Ryder's, but he puts in the hours. Yeah, he? but I think someone like that's an interesting analogy. But I, I think Kane Williamson had the crazy gift mm. as well, but and the talent because mm. from about the age of ten, everyone was like, "This guy is yeah. going to be amazing." And he just happened to also have that insane work ethic. In the book, Just a Drummer in the Band by Ian Smith, he talks about how he lived with Jeff Howarth for a long time when they because they came through together. And then I think Jeff Howarth stayed at his house for quite some time. And he said Jeff was one of those guys that was always in the yard with the um, with the ball on the string oh, yeah. in, the, in the pantyhose just going clunk, clunk, clunk all day. He said it was really annoying. Have you read that book, eh? Yeah. Whereas... Ian Smith said I was more the guy that would be having beers and sitting inside. Right, so Ian Smith was more your natural talent person. Yeah, whereas he, well, he didn't say that, but Jeff, mind you, Jeff Howarth definitely had a few beers. <laughs> I think he's more on the gins <laughs> and the red wines. He's really blossomed, his nose is really blossoming. Yeah, to, to get to like that point, particularly with international cricketers, I've always thought that you're better to get there on your talent. If you, if you get there too, if you've trained too hard, you know, to get to international cricket. When you get to international cricket, there's nowhere really, f- you can't continue to train harder to get further ahead. It's kind of an interesting zone. But if you're a if you're a person that's got there on a little bit of training, but a heap of natural talent, and at that point, if you then start training really, really hard, then you can become a really good international cricketer, I think. Well, you have to, there are those ones that have the talent that can change. Like this definitely happens in baseball. You have a rookie year and you're just phenomenal and then everyone finds you out. But the ones that become amazing are the ones that are super talented so they can learn new talents and then, you know, they can be constantly changing. Yeah. So if you if you one thing over and over and over again, then you'll be found out. You have to constantly be able to change and have the talent to be another thing. Yeah, well, a, a good example of two people that I know who had insane talent and then didn't do anything and then all of a sudden they became international cricketers and then Daniel Vittori was like that. Daniel Vittori never trained. He didn't do <laughs> He's just, just stupidly naturally good at everything mm. and then he gets to an international level at the age of 18 at the time New Zealand's youngest and I think still New I thought Zealand. he was 17 when he got on the team he's so young yeah and then he starts training really hard and then becomes a great bowler now, on that back of that natural talent the other yeah, guy right. who interestingly is in the same boat is Tim Southey who got mm. to that level on complete talent and then started training really hard and became a great bowler well, there is a bit of that, though, because I saw an interview with Tim Southey, Sexy Camel's mum, and he was saying all he'd do, because they grew up north on their little bit of land, I think they're sort of semi-rural, 
would just bowl at one stump or be out in the yard bowling at one stump all all night until it's dark. By just himself. love bowling. He loved bowling and then he'd be called in. It was just that one stump. He'd put it down and just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he did a little bit of training like that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's that thing as well of if you love if you just love running in and bowling a cricket ball, then it's great to be an international cricket, just like Cam Williamson loves hitting cricket balls. And Steve Smith is another guy that just, if he could, his ideal day would just be to practice cricket and play cricket all day. That's all he wants to do. I guess so Daniel Vittori was 18 when he started. I was sort of 17, but yeah, February 1997. And interesting, isn't it? Because you can have that talent, and as Daniel Vittori did... But then he did have to shoot up to 6'4", didn't he? Because that also helped. You know, well, like, he was quite small at school. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So he's 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's quite a big big, big lad, and that definitely helps for a bowler, doesn't it? Yeah, because him and, him and G Lane were in the same year. They were two years below me. And G Lane was essentially a man at about 10. Yeah. He was huge. He was exactly so as he is now at in form two. With a moustache? He had full. He was full shaving. Mm-hmm. And he was in the first 11 G lane, a great cricketer, uh, particularly when he's, you know, for his age. He had yeah. a lot of talent. He was in the third form. He was in the, or was it maybe fourth form he got in the team? Maybe he got in the fourth form. Could he have been a contender if he hadn't discovered booze? G lane. And craft beer. Yeah, he's a, he, G lane was, G lane was a very good cricketer, like, and young. But then, he, yeah, as you said, he was very, he, look, G lane was more, re- he was more in, in, interested in, in all sorts of other things in the world too, not just cricket balls and bats. More rounded individual. I think part of cricket and the love of cricket for G Lane was the fact that you hung out with your mates and talked shit for most of the day. Yeah, yeah. And so he would rather than be out batting, he would rather be in the changing room talking shit and playing pranks on people. So, I mean, there's there's a good thing about cricket. There's something for everyone, isn't there? Speaking of cricket and fire cats, uh, strip Club in Hamilton? Yeah. Would it still be open? No, it's not. No, it's oh, gone. That's very sad. It's a tragedy. I once saw um, former New Zealand cricketer Shane Thompson in Firecats in the late 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was just on the back of not long after he'd got that match-winning century against Pakistan. He's, and oh. Shane Thompson's operating in Central Otago now, doesn't he? He runs rail trail business, doesn't he? Does he? The babyface so. assassin? I think he does. He did have a babyface. Does he? I think so. I think a friend of mine was in the uh, being driven around by someone and and was doing you know the luxury rail trail bike where you get your stuff taken between all the places. Yeah. And and he was sitting there and he goes, "Are you Shane Thompson?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, the oh, baby-faced no, assassin. Yeah, baby-faced Last time I saw him was in Topol, and mm. he was playing in a cricket game that I was playing in, and uh, he was running a, a long hair and driving a Harley Davidson. Ah, oh. wow. Well, he's done okay then, Tomo. Yeah. The thing was when we were in Firecats that I remember quite clearly about it because there's a rather large Indian population in Hamilton. And, um, of course, there's the fact that Indian people generally tend to like cricketers. And he was just getting surrounded by a group of Indian men like he was some form of king. Wow. I might be wrong about that. Shane, <laughs> Shane Thompson. Is it He's Shane alive. O'Connor? Well, I mean, because oh, it did Shane seem O'Connor. strange. It did seem strange. Yeah, they might have mixed up with Shane O'Connor because, you know, Shane Thompson's going to pest around the, the Waikato region more than the Targo, isn't he? Is it, uh, you know. Last time I'll I get to the bottom of that. I'll get to the bottom of that very low-level celebrity sighting <laughs> later. That's low, someone someone low said they level. saw someone. Which Shane was it? Was it Shane yeah. Thompson or Shane O'Connor? Shane Thompson, of course, bowled the medium paces 
You remember Bob, he came in, he was touted as being the next Richard Hadley mm. when wow. he was playing for Northern Districts because Richard Hadley was just retiring at the time. And people were saying, this young kid, Shane Thompson, he's he's the new Hadley. And then he was bowling the medium paces. Then he, he started bowling the offies. Maybe it was Sinead O'Connor this person <laughs> saw running the rail Sinead front. O'Connor. Nothing yeah. compares to you. Yeah. Well, there's a link Shown. back to Prince. Back to Prince. Look at that. It's amazing how that happened. So, was it Shane O'Connor? <laughs> Feels like it's something that Shane O'Connor would do. You reckon, yeah. Shane O'Connor. Not Seamus O'Connor. No. Former St. Paul's old boy. Yeah, I don't know. Look, if anyone knows um, whether that was Shane O'Connor that this friend of mine saw or Shane um, Thompson or that never happened at all, then can you get hold of me? And Because I think people need to know. <laughs> Who would be most likely to... Be embroiled in a fire trucking incident out of Shane Thompson, Shane O'Connor, and Shane Retti, the <laughs> national spokesperson for health. Actually, can, can we come back to that after a quick break? And welcome back. Why are you puffing, Mashi? You've just come back into the podcast. Why are you puffing? Because I had to go get my laptop from my car and then I had to go for a shh. Okay. Mm. Jerry, have you ever fire trucked? Yes. Details. A uh, number of different fire truck situations over my over my life. There's been I I like I would blame in the two times that it's happened and the and the three times that it's happened. There's a common denominator in all three. There's a couple of common denominators. One is you. Me, yep. yes, that's true. That's nice another. Mesh. That's another one to add. Good spotting Einstein. Secondly, it's always been away from home. Yeah, in an unfamiliar place. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sad. And it's always the first night that I'm in the unfamiliar place. And there's also booze involved. Always booze involved. Yeah. And in all three ish of the situations, there's been a, a situation that's of, of mental turmoil that's led into the sleep. Right, so it's been a sort of tossing, turning, uncomfortable sort of sleep. Yeah, there's either been an argument with a partner or there's some yeah, kind right. of situation that's occurred which has meant that you've gone to bed in a in a restless state. Mashi, have you ever fire trucked? I actually don't think I have, no. Wow. Well, you haven't lived until you've fire trucked. I guess you've still plenty of years left. Did you ever do a fakie, like a fake fire truck? <laughs> Whatever you get up and you just pretend to not know where you are and you oh, just take a, so a, take a, a person, leak yeah. all over the corner of someone's room and all over their passport or something. No, not really. I feel quite comfortable at the idea of fire trucking. I just like to I wee anywhere, you know. Uh, you see, twenty two. Like I, I didn't fire trucked it before twenty two. I, I was more a sort of a mid to late twenties guy. Oh yeah, that's when you your fire trucking career began. Yeah, yeah I was doing a, and a lot of beer drinking. Yeah, I think I think you're not going to fire truck on spirits. No, nah. there's got to be a lot of liquid going through your system to fire truck. Of course, for people that don't know what fire trucking is, it's when you <laughs> get up in the middle of the night and uh, don't use the bathroom, use the corner of the room, or maybe you just wet the bed where you are. But it's or someone's head in a situation that I saw once. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Someone's head. Someone went wheeze on someone else's head. They woke to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll I'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you fire truck? I'll fire truck for it differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah we all over a quite a few lamp once. Um, oh, oh right. okay, on that's a problem. On tour, and you know what? This is something <laughs> that we didn't dangerous. talk about earlier on. Yeah, but but that's this is because this is these are difficult conversations for a lot of people to have, but they need to be had. Men having difficult conversations with men. We need to be having them, and there's definitely an electrical issue. There's an there's an electric. You could electrocute yourself. Oh yeah, you don't want to go on a. 
What about oh, like, a, like a like a bar heater? In a or bar something? heater. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So if you if you wee if you wee onto something like that, can it travel up your urine? Yeah. Into your urethra. Right oh, up yeah. there. Yeah. Bubbles, you must have been involved in a fire trucking situation at some stage. Well, no, I think I wet the couch about age 10 when I had a sleepover. Mm. Um, but other than that, the one that actually sticks out involves my brother. Uh, as children were on bunks and he was on the top bunk and he wet the bed. And Any of that yeah, come down your yeah, way? Yeah, just, did it? Just a little bit, came, a little bit, a little bit came your way? I didn't know I was informed in the morning. Right. Um, but yeah, my brother John Pickford. Um, <laughs> Is he, what's his date of birth? September the fifth, seventy six. Oh yeah, I believe. And, yeah. And, and is he um, happy with you sharing that detail? I guess if you're ten, I, mean, I don't think it's fire trucking at that age. I think fire it's trucking bedwetting. is bedwetting. It's a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Fire trucking is a you know it's it's booze related. Yeah. It's it, I, I see it as a standing up, but people can just sort of fire truck lying down. So that be is post adolescent, I reckon. So that but, is one okay. of the prerequisites: is you are on booze. It's alcohol inflicted. Generally. I th- I think so, but you could sleep, walk, and wee. I guess. Yeah, I've seen someone fire truck on drugs. Nice man. Mm. I think sleepwalking's a lot. GHB. Oh, really? I think sleepwalking. I mean, is, was that just pissing himself or fire trucking? No, fire trucking. Right. No but, idea at all where, where they were, what they were doing. Next thing you know, they're taking a wee right in the middle of a room in front of people. I'm a terrible sleepwalker as well. So I think when you're asleep, you're naturally a sleepwalker. And then you're also, and then you add some booze in the system. Then it then it's it's a heady mix that yeah. can end up in rampant fire trucking. Can a fire trucking be without the bed involved? For example, I'll set the scene. I think we were at a racket club about a year ago. A couple of boys were there. There was a situation where uh, so drunk that there was urine shed in the in the changing rooms there. Right, but he'd never been to bed. Yeah, no, no. I th- you can actually fire truck it without being to bed. Like, in fact, last night in bed, I was watching the movie Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Fantastic great movie, movie yeah. great movie. And Edgar Wright directed, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And at one point, they're in a bar, and then that guy just starts pissing on the um, jukebox. Yeah, and that's a fire trucking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? and he's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Jeez, I love urination in that movie, oh, actually. I need to go wheeze. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. It's made me desperate. Can I fire truck the corner of this studio? Oh, it'd be an honour. Does anyone mind? Look, if you were I mean, willing, no, no, to, if you, I tell you, if you were willing to do that, that would be a real that would be a real red bear day for us. I think. My promise, I've drunk a lot of water this morning. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. You go for your life. All right, should we call it? We call it call it a fire trucking on the other pod. It's mainly talking about fire trucking as well. <laughs> we also named New Zealand's hottest tradie, and dolphins get involved in a sex act. Yeah, and it's it's a group sex act, and it's unconsensual. And we ask the, answer the question: Should you put your tomato sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? Matt and Jerry Show, Radio Hodaki, available on your iHeartRadio app anywhere you are. Are you weighing yourself? How did you know? Hello listeners, Matt Heath here, a.k.a. Daddy, a.k.a. The Coos. Bless, bless, bless. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have time, sit to download, subscribe, like and review. You could win prizes for that. And while you're at it, why not stick around and listen to the Show Highlights pod. Give them a taste of Kiwi from me, Jerry, Mashian Stager.